Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, it is Wednesday, April 25th, 2012, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I am in the house with Steve Say. Indeed. Bob Ryer. Konnichiwa. And Stephanie Cook. Hello. All right, so this week we're going to be doing a comics, comics, comics kind of show. We're going to be talking a lot about... Uh, our books of the week is going to be kind of an expanded section, and then we're going to be doing some awesome uh, listener questions that we got on Twitter. Does that mean they're awesome questions, or they're awesome listeners, or both? Both. Okay, good. Awesome okay. applies to both. I'm fond of mm-hmm. them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, last week you guys were talking about Cabin in the Woods, and I always kind of left out, but I saw it this past weekend. Hooray! And it was amazing. Yes. <laughs> it felt like all of the... Best Buffy episodes, best Angel episodes, kind of put into into one movie mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. It had that wit and that fun about it, and mm-hmm. such a clever movie, just continually changing what it was over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And I knew one of, I guess, the reveals or whatever from watching that first trailer, but that reveal is given to you so early in the movie that it's barely even a spoiler. So um, I was, it was great. I was just, I didn't even know that a couple of the actors who were in the movie were in the movie. So, and they're two of my favorite actors, so it was a good, it was a good mm. experience. Yeah. But we're still being very spoilery here. Well, that we can't one... say too much. Oh, yeah. No, no, we can't I was like, say, I was like, yeah, I didn't no, 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 we can't say anything yet, because yeah. it, it hasn't made all that much money, which is sad. No, but it's made a okay amount. I mean, it's, it's interesting. It, it's just, it's exactly what I wanted it to be, you know, and, and it feels like one of those movies that was made for me like they went into my brain that's how i felt it's my favorite movie of the year so far yeah i think so for me too yeah it's one of those movies that you want to go back in and see like right after you finish seeing it yeah yes absolutely um really cool and i'd say even people who don't enjoy horror movies usually will enjoy it because definitely because it's just it's a horror movie but honestly there's nothing much scary about it's not a scary movie i mean No. There's intense imagery in it, but not anything you're not used to seeing in movies. Right. Otherwise, so unless unless you're a kid, it's not going to be a, a scary movie. I just love I'm the scared by it. Once you're a baby, <laughs> I liked um, just the fact that you were like one minute you're laughing, yeah. the next minute you're really tense, mm-hmm. next minute like you're jumping in your seat. Yeah. But it all flowed. It all worked together. And it actually, because Joss Whedon had a, a pretty big hand in it, mm. it got me really pumped for the Avengers. Oh, yeah. Just from a writing perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love about the movie is that, this is not a spoiler at all, that it plays with horror movie conventions in a very mm. interesting way and is one of those movies that kind of reminds me in a, in a very offhanded way of movies like 
um, Scream, and not in the fact that the movie's anything like Scream, but just in the way that it it feels to me it, like this movie should at least be a touchstone in, in mm-hmm. modern horror cinema, you know? No, I agree. I had some friends of mine saying that they didn't want to see it. They were anticipating it being jokey and making fun of horror movies. They went, mm-hmm. no, the more you know about older horror movies, and as far back as 30s, 40s, 50s things, they're yeah. sneaking around in here, and, and literary illusions, 80s stuff, you know, the the, the Harbinger and his mm-hmm. goofy little gas mm-hmm. station. It's all that stuff from Friday the 13th and Evil Dead all yeah. thrown together, and oh, that's him, and this is over here. And, Very yeah. Evil Dead. Yeah. 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 Just can embrace and have a good time with it. And well, Sorry, Stephanie, go ahead. Oh, no, carry on, go on. Uh, it's just, <laughs> the, the writing, too, is classic, Either whether it's Whedon or Goddard, because Goddard comes Goddard comes from the Whedon school of writing, because that's his first job was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. What Whedon always does is subvert genre. That's what he always does. He takes a situation you've seen six thousand times in a movie before, plays it out two thirds of the time like the situation you're used to seeing, and then has that one thing at the end that compl- whether it's a joke mm-hmm. or a, a twist or whatever that completely changes up what you think you're watching. And the acting is all really solid. They, they cast really good actors. A mm-hmm. lot of them are from past Whedon uh, stuff, but, you know, Thor's in it before he yes. was even Thor. I didn't even recognize him until after we were done oh, watching really? the movie and he told me who it was. I was like, yeah. no wonder he was so dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> well, they couldn't get him. I remember, like, at the Q&A for the thing uh, without it, this is spoiler free again. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember them talking about it because this movie had a lot of red tape because there was um, a lot of problems with the studio that was making it. Yeah, MGM. Um, yeah. So they went bankrupt and the movie kind of just got sealed up. And so Thor was a part of this project long before Thor was Thor. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's talking about it and he's joking and he's like, well, again, without spoiling and he's like, the things we do to Thor, he's like, they wouldn't have let us do those things to Thor had he been <laughs> Thor at the time. Like, <laughs> It was just, it's such a fun movie. It's, it's great, yeah. Um, four, four podcasters approve. <laughs> <laughs> they talked to Drew Goddard in another interview, and they asked him, well, you know, were you worried when it wasn't coming out? And he said, you know the other movies MGM delayed? The James Bond and The Hobbit. He's like, yeah. I, we, we didn't feel like we were getting the, sh- the short end of the stick. If you're delaying James true. Bond and The Hobbit, you're probably going to delay Cabin in the Woods. Um, but yeah, it was great, and I'm, it's well worth the wait. It reminds me a lot of when I finally saw Trick, Trick or Treat. Treat. Yeah, that's yep. what it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. A movie that took so long to come out. That movie didn't come out in the movie theater. That movie came right to DVD. Yeah. And right up there for me with some of my favorite horror movies of the last 10 years because I love Trick or Treat. I think that oh, movie I thought is it was amazing. Fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just wanted to bring that back because we talked about that last yeah. week. Um, it, was, it was awesome. Um, so speaking of the Avengers, uh, kind of book of the week. I thought this would be a little more freeform book of the week, a little bit longer book of the week. Mm-hmm. We had Avengers vs. X-Men 2 come out this past week, as well as two tie-in books. So we had a lot of Avengers vs. X-Men to kind of get through. And I just want to talk about it real quick in kind of general terms as far as what we thought of it um, compared to issue one. I mean, Bob, what did you think? Head and shoulders above it. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, Jason Aaron, I've only read a little bit of the Wolverine Mm X-Men that Steve's lent me, and he he did the new issue here, too. It's very overused term. Very old school. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got captions and thought balloons, and it's you get to know why these people are doing these things. Yeah, sets up scenes. Uh, you've you've got a great line already. That you go ahead. You most expensive 
What was, what was I saying? The line from one of the panels in Avengers vs. Oh, X-Men. The most expensive Iron punch oh, ever Oh, most thrown. expensive punch in, uh, between the Emma Frost and the diamond. And yeah, the yeah. Iron, Man. Iron yeah. Man's armor. But yeah. it's filled with nice little moments. You, yeah. You get to illuminate characters with four or five words. Mm-hmm. And it's just really, really well done. I now want to keep reading more of his stuff just from yeah. this. Real I, nice issue. A lot of forward movement. I love the language of those captions. It was just great. Like, describing the the two people fighting, you know, the... The, the the king of Atlantis the, versus the man with indestructible skin, skin. just yep. using these big kind of over the top terminology for what was going on mm. really had me excited. Well, you know, it sets the pace. It lets you know just how big of a deal this yes. really is. Like these yeah. are the, these are the titans mm-hmm. of the superhero community. Yeah, and they're they're clashing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, <laughs> and just <laughs> what <laughs> you, know, you said clashing. the titans are clashing. Like Flash of the Titans. Oh, <laughs> unintentional pun. Yeah. Woohoo. And yeah, it, made it, feel, it felt almost mythical. That's how I wrote my review. It felt like they were treating it as mythical. And I love that line about the Wolverine, you know, another dark day for a man who's seen too many. I loved that. You know, it's that just, was my favorite part of the book. Yeah. I don't mean to keep, I know keep interrupting you. But no, that it's, was, no, it's fine. This now, is before, free form. before yeah. I lose it, that that was my favorite part of the issue was reading those, those captions, those yeah. like narrative asides. Yeah. That each one of them really had an impact yeah. on on what was going on, almost more so than the art. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I mean, you were not very happy with the art. Uh, yeah, um, I you know I, I I like my art to be a little bit more sleek. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's artists coming into this later that I'm really looking forward to seeing their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's okay, but there there are some panels that are just there's some ugly stuff going on. People don't like that Iron Fist in the crowd. Like, I understand he's, he's in like the crowd. He's like a ghost in that scene. Yeah, but like his legs over there, mm-hmm. his torso's behind Captain America, his mm-hmm. head's poking up behind Storm, and it's just, it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm being very nitpicky with this event. Well, so. I, I think Ramita's done better work. Maybe it's the inker here. Mm-hmm. Scott Hanna, I just had to look it up mm-hmm. myself. Um, it seems rushed. Maybe there's just so much going on, it's not coming together. Maybe. I mean, it's just the style he's going for or, or mm-hmm. something, too, you know. Um, Stephanie, we didn't get a chance to hear from you about AVX1, but did you get a chance to check out AVX2? Yeah, I read uh, both of the issues, and oh. I, I, I just, I don't know. I like the art. I like some of the, like like you guys are talking about, I like the descriptive and some of the little quips and all that, but generally, I can't help but think that this entire thing is completely pointless. Had maybe, you know, Scott been a little more wordy and not so punchy, uh, <laughs> war might have not I gotta agree with between her. these two. Like, yeah. it just seems really like there's no talk. Like, it's just them, Captain America and Cyclops meeting. They mm-hmm. talk for like two seconds and then all of a sudden they're like, bitch, I'm taking you to war. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, Mm-hmm. Well, that seems silly. <laughs> I feel like maybe we should have um, a conference. There well, should be a conference of superheroes. Scott's mad at Cap because he wasn't there for the mutants. Well, yeah. I, I guess if yeah. the Avengers saved the Earth 47 times over, he's been there for the mutants, and maybe he right. should get a little bit of a grip. But, you know, I think the yeah. point kind of is that Scott is being irrational. I think you're supposed to see Scott as irrational. And I, I, it's no reason why I, I'm really happy about the kind of the way they're writing Wolverine in this and in the, uh, the side stuff they've been doing is because seeing Scott through Wolverine's eyes, through Logan's eyes, I buy the fact that if these people came to his doorstep, 
he wouldn't be willing to talk to them. You know, he's at the end of his rope, and you get this feeling from Wolverine that that's the reason he leaves the school is that even though he's still friends with Scott Summers, he can't deal with how militant and on the edge of mm-hmm. kind of sanity that's that he's become. Mm-hmm. And uh, sorry, Stephanie, go ahead. It just seems like again silly to me because he's talking about like Scott's talking about how the mutant kind is almost extinct. There's only like two hundred like mm-hmm. I get mutants left. And yet he's willing to risk all of those mutants to potentially save one that he doesn't know will bring back the right. rest. But he believes like, that you will, you know? <laughs> yeah, but it could still destroy everything. I mean, I'm sure it won't because it's comic books and, you yeah. know, it'll... It, Marvel's it'll over after this event. Eventually, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, maybe you should have thought this through just, like, maybe a little bit. Maybe. Right, and I think that's a fair criticism of the character, but I think that's the point of the character here. You know, I think mm-hmm. that hope is, in his mind, is their only... I'm going to say this without mentioning a pun. Their only hope to have mutant kind go on because they believe that she's the only one who could... New mutants are being born. She was a new mutant that was born. So they believe that she is the one that can, you know, bring the race back to where they want it to be. Is he being irrational, risking the entire Earth for the off chance? Considering what the Phoenix did the last time. Yes. To him personally and to everything else. Yeah. Does he mean that she's going to be saving the race by having children? I think that's part of it. Yeah, absolutely. So they're all going to... She's the Messiah. Yeah, she's the Messiah. (laughs) But they're all going to be brothers and sisters. Well, not a... It works in the royal family. It's going to be a... Sexy mutant party. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be a little bit of a a backwoods community, wouldn't you think? That's true. That's very true. (laughs) Well, they do have their own (laughs) island, so, I mean, people would kind of expect it. One of the things that I'm enjoying about it is uh, a lot of the Wolverine stuff Mm. is that it seems as if they've kind of been pushing Wolverine in this more mature direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That he almost, to me is kind of becoming like the next Charles Xavier. Mm-hmm. Like the, he's got his own school now. Yeah. He's being level-headed about it. I mean, he's still, you know, he's mm-hmm. still got a lot of rage and he'll still slice somebody up, but he's kind of being the go-between and the voice of reason. And mm-hmm. he never used to be like that. No, no. He was the opposite. I, yeah. I do love that line that Spider-Man has I, I, when he comes along with him. Mm-hmm. When Wolverine yeah. infiltrates infra- infra- the school, I, I thought somebody a little less stabby. Should yeah. come along with you. Um, I always find it amusing when somebody throws that word in. It just it's perfect for stabby. everything. Oh, stabby. Um, what I do really like about the issue is the way it ends. I like that the ending kind of tells you this is not going to be the way it was before. You know, the easy yeah. answer you thought maybe that was going to happen. We're getting that out of the way right now. Yeah. That's not. It's not going to work. So there's going to be something else, and and it won't be pleasant. Right. And what I like about the issue is that it surprised me. You know, it, it went a different direction than the last issue. And that's one of the things I think is cool about this changing up the writers thing, which is Bendis's uh, one. I, I liked it. I liked it a lot, but it was very safe. It was very normal. It was very run of the mill. And this felt to me not run of the mill. This felt to me, this is not what I expected. No, this was more like the two Bendis side projects. Yeah. Deeply character driven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, and I like the Wolverine, the X-Men book, which ties into this. Awesome. I, I thought it was great. Yeah. I liked the way that, Again, you get to see Wolverine just struggling with this decision, and you get the portent of what he's going to try to do in AVX two in in Wolverine versus the X Men and the X Men versus the X Men. The portent. Yeah, I love your words. Thank you very much. <laughs> wordy. Um, we I'm, need <laughs> very wordy. Everybody's got their thing. Stephanie <laughs> screws up people's things. We need like a word of the week from you. 
Well, my word of the week this week is portent. All right. All right. And I, I like both those books very much. I, I didn't really dig Avengers 25 very much. It just felt, to me, until the end, until the very end, which I guess sets up wh- what this book is going to be doing while the, this whole big event's happening, mm-hmm. it, it felt kind of pointless to me. You know, it, it, do we need to see Captain America getting his groove back? Because that's what the book is about. It's about yeah. Captain America, and it's, of course he's going to get his groove back. It's mm-hmm. Captain America, mm-hmm. you know? And I felt the same way about that art that you felt about the Ramita art in mm-hmm. AVX. I, it just, it's a little bit more detailed, but it still is not the kind of art that I guess I, I react to in a, in, a very, in a great way. Simonson was a big player 20, 25 years ago. Right. He's not seen much anymore. Mm-hmm. Done a few things for DC here and there. There are moments that I like. There's moments with the cap when he has a mask off. I, I like the cut of his chin and stuff. I like that stuff. I like the cut of his jib. The cut of his jib, yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because the Wolverine and the X-Men art as well is not hyper-detailed. It, it sometimes goes for that more, you know, this is a shape and a color that represents something. But for some reason, I re- react to the art much better because I guess it feels more deliberate to me. You know what it is? When, when they do, like, you know, you, well, obviously, when they're focusing on a character, they're very detailed. But when they're kind of just standing in a group or they're mm-hmm. in the background, they, you know, they start to get muddy. Yeah. But with Wolverine and the X-Men, it gets muddy, but it's also still very stylish. It's mm-hmm. almost yeah. as if the book has two different styles. Mm-hmm. Like somebody's face, like where it's just a line for the mouth. It won't just be a line. It'll be actually in an expressive line that gives that kind of mm-hmm. muddy character. It still mm-hmm. has a personality, right? Even though they're not even supposed to be a real part of the picture, right? Well, yeah. They have a lot of characters you can use much visual shorthand for the the brood character, brood. You mm-hmm. can just sort of sketch him in with a couple of lines, and you know who that is, right? S- same with Beast. I think he's fun. Mm-hmm. I like him, and I, I makes me re- both of them make me really excited to read the Secret Avengers offshoot, where they're like the the you know, the, the away team going to try to stop the force in yeah. space. That I'm really excited about because I think that could be a really cool arc and I really like Rick Remender, so. Yeah. Um, I just had a thought the very beginning of Wolverine and the X-Men with them all betting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally want them to go back to that and the Phoenix swipes past <laughs> their butt and just boom. <laughs> so, Stephanie, you were not impressed by Avengers vs. X-Men number two. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked aspects of it, but... All in all, I think the series is kind of, you know, pointless. Okay. All right. Um, so going from one event to another, I'll just do my actual book of the week, which is going to be Batman number eight, um, which is the beginning of the Night of the Owls event, um, which as much as I'm enjoying Avengers vs. X-Men, I am, you know, six times as excited about reading this Batman event than I am reading about mm-hmm. that event. And that's just ma- six times? Just six times. I went with six times, Stephanie. All right? All right, just <laughs> it, checking. Okay. It could go up as we move through it. It could, absolutely. But right now it's at six times. He's reading it right. right now. Yeah. <laughs> we should, you know what? You should have a meter on, <laughs> on the site. Bobby is now eight times more excited <laughs> for the Batman event. The excitometer. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's the word. That's the official word. And the main reason for my excitometer being higher on um, Batman is just because it's all based off Scott Snyder's Batman book, and we've talked about it multiple times Mm -hmm. and just how great it is. And here, we get really for the first time a book that is as much focused on action as it is focused on character moments. And that is an opportunity for a book to go wrong in a lot of ways because it goes away from what he's been doing so well. Thankfully, the book does not, I think, falter in the least. I think that he gives the appropriate amount of time to doing the character stuff. 
in the the beginning of the story, Batman Bruce Wayne is broken. He's he's like I'm. I've made all these mistakes. What am I going to do? He's lost. He doesn't know what he's supposed to do. He's unsure of himself, and it's almost uncomfortable to see mm-hmm. him that way. And but it makes it even better when he inevitably gets that back. You know, and, and it's a great moments all throughout the book. We incorporate these villains that I think. Scott Snyder's created, and I think they're great villains. I think the idea of them is awesome, and I love how familiar they are with Bruce and with Batman, and they have almost this comfort when they're invading Wayne Manor, which also feels sort of like an invasion of something sacred, you know, even though it's happened a bunch of times. I mean, um, Bob, what did you not, think? Yeah, not like this. You're right. It seems, you know, with so much recycled villainy, mm-hmm book to book and all the things we're reading, that he came up with something that's the equivalent of having, the, they did Raz Agul all those years ago. Right. Now you have someone who can go toe-to-toe with Batman, knows his secret, yeah. can infiltrate anything he needs to do, can get there ahead of him, really, mm-hmm. and make things very difficult. You see more Bruce in this issue, certainly, than Batman. You do, yeah, and absolutely. And so the action sequences are Bruce dealing with it. Yeah, and he's in a, a, as you say, a place of weakness because he isn't. He's home, but he's not comfortable in his home. Yeah. They're after him. Yeah, absolutely. And the second story, yeah, which is a really nice setup for everything else. Why you have to have all these books together, yeah. which seems very organic as opposed to the rather forced. Yeah. Every other event we've seen in the last five years or so. Absolutely. And the art in the backup by Raphael Albuquerque is yeah. awesome. It's great. Um, and it's interesting because. It's a backup, but it takes. It starts off right from the where the book ends, mm-hmm. so you get to see the same exact illustration done by two totally different artists. Both are equally great to look at, but it's just the, the Albuquerque's lines are so th- they're so thick and it, it, it's dark and this like this splatter on the, all the pages and stuff. It's just great art, and I love kind of the theatrical nature and almost the like operatic nature of all of these different figures being pursued by the talons. Mm-hmm. And how they're going to fix it. I, it almost felt like that, the scene of the Godfather and the Godfather, the baptism scene. Yes. All these different things happening at once. I thought it was great. Um, Steve, you read it, right? I love Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's, I, if I had to choose an event, it would mm. be th- uh, the Owls. It's yeah. ju- just Scott Snyder's Batman has been the, one of the best books on the shelf, mm. period, since, you know, since we began this whole thing. And it just. It's really awesome to see that it's it's already been so wonderful, and mm. now it's branching out that there is another event that you can attach yourself to that is just it's so it's intense. Yeah, like all I, are we? Can I say like what the everybody knows the basic premise? Oh, right? the premise you can say absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that yeah. you know all the major players of Gotham yeah. are there. You know the owls are out to get them. They're basically looking to cripple Gotham yeah. by taking out all of its all of its people mm-hmm. and it's just it's I don't know if it's been done before I mean you know they always go after them individually yeah but to have it be like an operation and have it be so calculated and mm-hmm. have everybody they were all dispatched at once yeah and it's people already en route people already dead mm-hmm. and there's so much of the Batman universe that's at stake mm-hmm. in this that it just it adds a, a a bigger sense of like doom. Like, like when I read like AVX, mm-hmm. I know that in the end it's 
something's going to work out. Right. Everybody's going to be fine because you're not going to kill everybody. The story's so big that it inevitably has yeah, to have a like, good conclusion. Like, yeah. I kind of have to agree with Stephanie to mm. a point of that it is a little bit pointless because you know that it's going to be fun, but mm. I, I'd like I'd be really curious to see how much it's going to change things when it's over. Right, yeah. The Batman thing, if we lose people during this, mm-hmm. if people are actually dying in this, mm-hmm. that's going to change the way people are able to write Batman. Yeah. And to me, that matters. That yeah. matters a lot more than AVX. Yeah. Because the story is on a smaller scale, because it's just Gotham, there's more at stake, I think. Mm-hmm. There's more po- possibility for loss, you mm-hmm. know, than there is in AVX. And you lose major characters. Right. But there are B characters who can yeah. very easily yeah. hit the highway, and you'll Absolutely. never see them either run out of town or be yeah. dead everything well, changed yeah I mean not to keep going back to AVX but like if you think about these battles that are gonna start happening mm-hmm. today actually yeah that I mean you have this person versus that person everybody like Magneto versus Iron Man mm-hmm. everybody's like oh my god what's gonna happen yeah they're not going to kill Magneto or Iron Man. Right, yeah. So It's a tie. Yeah, they're going to fight, they're going to whatever, and maybe one of them will get damaged or mm-hmm. something or be in recovery, but that's pretty much what it's going to amount to. Yeah. You know, like if you actually kill Oswald Cobblepot mm-hmm. and the Penguin is dead, right? then that is huge. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and people die in Batman. Yeah. I mean, I know people die in, in Marvel as well, but... I just don't see them mm-hmm. killing off. I mean, it's all the major players. They're not going to kill their major players. No, probably you know, not. Batman, I believe that by the end of this event, that one or if not many people could be dead. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Stephanie, I don't know if you got a chance to read it or not. We didn't talk before the show. so Yeah, um, oh, cool. I did. And I, I, I just have to say, like, you guys have already pretty well made all of my points <laughs> Sorry. here on it. But <laughs> Scott Snyder has just become this phenomenal writer to me. I mean, he was fantastic before. I love American Vampire and I love pretty well everything he's done, you know, prior to this. But I don't think until this Batman run, I really realized that Scott Snyder is going to be a writer that I follow for the rest of my like time with comics. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just made it abundantly clear that he is, you know, a force to be reckoned with in the industry and he's going to be around for a long time. He's going to keep bringing us quality stories that change the way we look at comics and like i if you're not reading batman you're freaking stupid like it's amazing (laughs) yeah absolutely and i just think it's he's created a villain that is gonna be around after he's not writing batman anymore that's the other part of it that i love is that it's new yeah and it's we finally i mean we have a new a whole new the court of owls yeah and we don't even know who some of these people are yet they're wearing masks yeah, they could end up. Like, let's say that they they break off after mm-hmm. this event. Some of them are still alive. Those those people that survive the owls that survive this could wind up being villains in the future. Yeah, absolutely. That they started with the owls and then they they went off and did their own thing. Yeah, absolutely. And it does remind me a lot of you talking about kind of like the demon storylines. Like anything mm-hmm. with Razal yep. Ghul, because what they're doing is a lot of what the League of Shadows would do would come in and kind of cleanse a a, a place, but they don't have the the supposed good intentions that yes. the League of Shadows had. Though how how good of intentions could an organization called the League of Shadows really have? <laughs> to be quite honest. Um, but yeah. It's so- just, yeah, it's nice to not have the same old villains because it could be like AVX in the sense where we're like, ah, uh, you know, we've mm. seen all these people before. And I mean, I mean, they're not villains fighting villains. They're superheroes fighting superheroes. But right. like, this is just so, this is, 
interesting to see because, like, I mean, this is probably one of the first times I've been following a series as it's come out where I've felt like a part of something that people will look back on years and years from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I yeah. Think, yeah, I think that's a great way to end talking about Batman. But there's also... Last week was also Nightwing number eight, which I didn't get a chance to check out, which started. I did. It was, did. Was it good? Oh, it was awesome. Oh, cool. It was awesome. That's good. Um, so I'm going to check that out. And then I think this week we have some more books coming out as well in the, in the event. So I'm sure we'll be talking about it again a little bit next week. Um, so that was my book of the week. And uh, that was a good discussion. But Steve, what about you? You also have a DC book, right? Yes, I do. Um, my book this week is Supergirl number eight. Um, Supergirl just got done with her first uh, major battle of the DC-52. She was fighting the World Killers. And this issue picks up right after that happens. And she's pretty much, it starts out with Supergirl exhausted. And all of the military, all the police of, uh, of I guess, Metropolis? Yeah. Yes. Okay, getting my cities confused. I'm going to assume that's where she is. Yeah. Uh, it's got the Flatiron building in it. This oh, no, it's New, New, York, York, New York City. City. There you go. All right, so she's in New York. Everybody's, uh, they don't know who she is, so they're out to get her. And she's exhausted. She's had enough. She's like, can you people not, just leave me alone. Right, I yeah. can't speak your language yet. No idea what mm-hmm. you're saying. You don't understand me, the whole bit. And somebody from the crowd uh, comes to her defense, and I'm going to try not to screw this up, Siobhan Smythe. Very nice. <laughs> yes. Uh, she comes out of the crowd, and she basically is like, what are you guys doing? Leave her alone, so on and so forth. And we're, I'm always talking about how I like these aside books, that it's nice that after a, like a major fight happens, that you take an issue, and you kind of just like... You relax. Mm-hmm. You go have some fun. You get some ice cream. You, do, you know, <laughs> you take in a show. You, you do something silly. And by the end of the book, you're like, you know, you're ready to to, to get back to business. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was sitting reading this, I'm going to try not to spoil this, but I'm reading this book and I'm finally like, Kara's got a friend. She mm-hmm. finally, she's been alone. She's fighting with Superman. She doesn't know what to do. And finally she has a friend. And I'm like, yes. I actually like I I was like I felt good. I'm like, oh, that's so nice. Yeah, she has a friend, and I'm reading this, and I'm like, oh, okay. So this is gonna be one of those like you know kind of give you a rest type things. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> um, a little bit more than halfway through the book, I won't say what happens, but the book completely turns on its side and and goes for the weird and. When I was reading it, I was completely in one mode. I'm sitting on my chair, my cat on the lap, the whole bit. And I'm like, oh, this is so nice. They're friends. They're, you know, they're hanging out, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, things just, it changed. Mm-hmm. The whole book changed, and they they introduced new characters, the beginning of what I assume to be the new arc. And um, it's just, I read so many books this past week but this was the one book that I remember that I, I kind of was like, what happened? Mm-hmm. Like, what what just happened? I was completely in a mood just now reading one thing. It was all relaxed. And now I'm completely tense mm-hmm. and have no idea what the hell is going on. And I loved that. I loved that feeling of being like a book that surprised me. So that was my book of the week just because of the, the slap in the face. That I felt that it was. Cool. Um, and George Perez, the art on this, and he's not the regular artist. Yes. Um, it's usually Muhammad As- Asr, I think is his name. Um, and the art is very good. I mean, it's George Perez art, so he's mm-hmm. you know legend in the comic industry. But I got to say, as good as it is, I prefer the 
the other artist more. I like the more painterly style of the other artist. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob, you look through it. I mean, you're, yeah, you're I'm more a George big Perez. Perez fan. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about art with no detail. This is art with lots of details. Yes. <laughs> Every window in, a, in an mm. office building is drawn here. Right. right. But what he's always been best at, it's facial expressions. Mm-hmm. You look at what he manages in, in a crowd scene. Right. And everyone is different. Is just yeah. Well, he was the guy. Where if you're doing a group book, you wanted Perez to do it because he could draw 47 characters right. and have each one have an individual stance, body type, facial expression, eyebrows. It was just well, amazing. Is, what this he is could the imagine. exact opposite of what we were talking about with AVX about how, or even Wolverine versus X Men, yeah. that there's no, you know, there's really no expression, but. There's just this one panel of uh, Kara and um, Siobhan walking through a crowd, and there's like five, six, seven different things going on in just this one panel. Everybody's busy, people are muttering to themselves, and um, it's just – there's always something to look at. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I was I got the chance to catch up on it and uh, found myself pleasantly – not surprised, just happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, we've been kind of extolling the virtues of the Supergirl book since it started, so it's nice yeah. to hear it. It's still keeping up uh, at issue eight. Uh, Steph, have you read Supergirl at all yet? I haven't. That's another one that I've been meaning to get into, but... Put it at the I mean, top of your list. Catwoman soured me, and then Animal <laughs> Man brought me back to the DC. No, Super, <laughs> Supergirl is not Catwoman. No, oh. Not at all. No, no not at all. Except when it makes that left turn at the end and she's walking around in a super thong. It's just, oh, sorry, spoiler alert. What? No, I'm He's kidding. He's kidding. Oh. <laughs> oh. Har, har, har. Sarcasm meter. Hilarious. <laughs> Bob's such a card. Uh, but yeah, it's something I do want to check out. I just haven't had a chance to check out yet. So what is your book of the week then, Stephanie? Well, my book of the week is... Not, I've been meaning to, like, we've been talking about AVX and all this Marvel stuff, and I've been trying to get more into the Marvel universe again. Um, more into it again. Haha, <laughs> words. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this time I decided to check out um, Ultimate Comics X-Men. I, I can't honestly say I knew much about it because there's, like, 12,000 X-Men titles at this point. Right. Um, but this one is written by Nick Spencer, and that sort of really drew me in because mm. morning glories right. sinister yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i mean basically for the most part it's kind of your run-of-the-mill like x-men scenario you know humans versus mutants but in this case it's taken sort of a more political turn and um like the united states has decided to tell all the mutants of the world that they're basically a product of an experiment gone wrong so they aren't born with these powers. They're actually just, you know, <laughs> you are a bad batch. Bad <laughs> batch, people. Right. They were anyway. created. They weren't. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I, I don't entirely know what to say about it. Like, I, I love the art. Um, it's amazing. I, I, I want to read more, but, like, I, Steve, you read this as well, right? Yeah, and... I mean, it's it's great. It really is. But um, like you had said, it really is. It's heavily political. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hadn't really read much uh, X Men. I think that was actually the first 
X-Men thing that I'd sat down to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, it, it didn't even dawn on me that Nick Spencer was the writer until mm-hmm. a few issues in. And then I was like, Oh boy. <laughs> but, um, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in, um, for a comic book. I think, um, well, especially for a number one. Yeah. Like the, the conversations that, that go on and, and, and the, just the views of, you know, humans versus mutants and, and whether they should be, how much they should be policed and whether mm-hmm. they should register and all these things. Like, it's like you would almost think that it was actually happening right. the way that he writes it. But mm-hmm. that's almost what makes it so interesting. And, that you know, Nick Spencer, just he knows how to write his characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very daunting book. I have I have them all. I'm about three or four issues behind just because... Sometimes I don't feel like sitting down and knowing that like I'm going to this book is going to take me three times slower (laughs) to get through Mm -hmm. than say something else. Right. Stephanie, how do you feel about this sort of switch that they are mutants aren't born with their powers that they've been created? Well, I mean, again, I think like for me in the X-Men world, I think there's a lot of the series that don't really need to exist. Um, they just sort of do these spinoffs for the sake of having more comics. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I really like this series and I'm interested to see where it goes specifically again, speaking on terms of following writers because of Nick Spencer. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, like it feels to me like they're adding all these elements to the X-Men universe that aren't necessarily helpful to people wanting to get into comics. Right. Because I mean, it doesn't have the feeling of, um, it doesn't have the feeling of a number one to me. Like there's still a lot of stuff that you need to know going into the comic, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Right. Um, and I guess this isn't so much of like my favorite book of the week. It, it's more of one of the, something that I want to get into, but I'm having a bit of, you know, like trouble kind of getting past this first issue. Um, I don't know, like, how entirely I feel about it. it mm-hmm. It's good. It's just I don't understand why they're doing what they're doing. It's an interesting turn of events considering, like, the mutants have always, to me, like, been born or yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess I'll have to check in. Oh, Steve, you said it was worth, like, the... Worth was, checking out? Is that what you said? Sorry. I'm, it was what? <laughs> worth checking out. Said, oh, abs- no, absolutely. <laughs> it's just, it's of all the stuff that we've been reading or that I've been reading, it's what I would consider to be a heavy read, especially mm-hmm. for X-Men, because X-Men is usually, you know, clang clang and beams and shooty <laughs> and all that stuff. Shooty, like shooty. stabby. Yes. Beams and shooty. Yes. Okay. Um. And I found it to be, it's very verbose and it's, it's very, very dark. Yeah, it's very dark. It's there's very, a lot of, there's fugitive camps and stuff. And yeah, it's very political. It's extremely political. But if I'm going to be reading a political book, mm-hmm. it might as well be X-Men written by like Nick Spencer. Spencer. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, X-Men has always been, I mean, at least in the modern era, a more political book than mm-hmm. a lot of the mm-hmm. other books because they use them as a representation for, you know, enter oppressed people here. We'll yeah. use the yeah, X-Men pick a, as... Pick a minority. And, yeah, and we'll use yeah. the X-Men to represent them. I mean, the reason why it's probably changed up is just because this is the ultimate universe, and what's the point in doing another universe if everything is going to be the same? 
Yeah. You know, I think that's really the reason why it's like that, which I don't have a problem with. I mean, they still have the regular X-Men books. They have a, yeah. a fuckload of regular X-Men books, let's be fair. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to me. I haven't picked up an issue yet. Obviously, the fact, since I've been reading Morning Glories, I've wanted to at least pick it up because it's Nick Spencer. Um, but I just don't know if I can add another ongoing series to my collection. You know, yeah. you're not me. No, I'm not you. <laughs> I think I want to like give it um, an arc to see how it kind of plays out a little bit. But mm-hmm. like, I mean, I don't understand how these like fugitive camps are supposed to like these whatever camps are supposed to hold these mutants in, considering like storms here and there's a sign and a gate and it's like high voltage. Well. I'm pretty sure a lot of these mutants can kind of overcome that shit. Yes, absolutely. Uh, power <laughs> like, inhibitor barbed wire or yeah, something. They'll make up yeah, something. Yeah, something. It's unstable molecules. Exactly, like, yeah. But they're all saying that these mutants have come from, you know, such and such a place. But, like, I, I don't know how that really ties in considering people like Storm didn't come from, like, Canada and the United States. Like, she, mm-hmm. she like, I believe her origin is, like, Africa, correct? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, so like I, I don't entirely know how that plays yeah. out, like in because I mean, she is in it. So I don't know. It's kind of it, it kind of seems to be a bit. I guess it's one of those sort of alternate universes. So maybe she. Yeah. But anyways, how many, issues, how many issues in are they so far on this? Ten, something like that. Yeah, ten or eleven. Have 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 faith in it. It's Nick Spencer. It's like I said. If you're going to be reading something heavy. That's X Men. You like you might as well be reading it from him. It's, I've I've enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I I can't give you too many details about it because I just I read so much stuff. But I do mm-hmm. remember sitting down for a night and thumbing, you know, going through about five or six issues at a time, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. Cool, um, Bob. What about you? Um, I'm going to do this quickly because it's a series that is going to be impossible for people to get into unless they want to really go back and read this entire thing as an epic. But it's John Byrne's Next Men. In this case, it's Next Men Aftermath 42. Uh, it's related to what we're talking about here because when he started this in 91 uh, for Dark Horse, it's about a government project that creates, spoiler alert, uh, clones with superpowers and keeps them in a facility and teach them how to do what they're doing. And it's very political because there's a senator involved who's trying to turn the United States into his own personal little bailiwick here. So the, it just strikes me. Another good word. Another today. good word. Yeah, <laughs> another good word here today. Full um, of words. Full of words. Word. Now with new words. Um, <laughs> but what we have here is I, I can't speak to. A lot of the writers that are working today, but it seems like this is a theme that's coming up a lot now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this book was gone really from '96 until the end of 2010 when they brought it back at IDW. Oh wow! And it was a little mini series, and now we're going through the last arc of this, and it's all into time travel. The series originally started in the '50s with an Antarctic expedition and some sort of time traveling alien and the government and mm-hmm. moved forward and now we're going back and forth into this book is set in 1975 they're grabbing infants in the midst of the whole Roe versus Wade abortion struggle oh, wow. and they need these kids for this mm-hmm. project and I'll just leave it at that okay. but anyway the uh, original series has been collected in a couple of as Byrne describes them honking big phone books of <laughs> Of uh, the original series, as well as trades for back then. And now mm-hmm. we're, we're about 12 issues into the the new issue. Gotcha. If you really want to take a lot of time, because it's old-fashioned comic book stuff, mm-hmm. 
but it is definitely worth it. Particularly if you're reading something like Morning Glories or I, I guess Ultimate X-Men here mm. too, that it, it's, it would be a nice little companion piece. Gotcha. Okay, so that's John Byrne's Next, Next Men. Men. Now Very it's nice. Aftermath 42. And it's an IDW book now. IDW. All right. So those were our books of the week. Um, we're going to be right back with some listener questions. Oh, i got to study. are back and we're going to be talking about some listener questions um the question that sort of spurred this and we talked about it a little bit last week was from comic book alex on twitter and he asked if you could write for marvel or dc what book would you want and why so bob why don't you start us out sure it's fantastic four when i was 10 we lived in a uh, cape cod full attic and in a sort of brady bunch moment my father fixed up the attic so i could go upstairs and live. Half of it turned into a little place I could draw and stuff. So I actually was, I had created my own character who was terrible called the dart. <laughs> sort of like green arrow, but with a dart gun. Mm-hmm. And I got very bored after like four issues and then started doing Fantastic Four stories. It was like an 11 year old kid. So I would definitely do that again. So you, you have you an arc in mind already, Bob, for what you oh, would yeah, do? Oh yeah, yeah. It's Dr. Doom. It's got to be Dr. Doom. Okay. Dr. Doom. Um, what about you, Steve? Um, I think that I would like to take over one of the Batman books, whether it be either Detective or uh, The Dark Knight, just to um, give people something decent to read, because mm-hmm. I'm such an awesome writer. <laughs> um, now, I know that they had the, the, I think it was The Dark Knight, had its little uh, bout with Scarecrow. Yeah. And I, it was like the coolest thing that it had going, that um, I would just... I would personally love to be able to write a Batman Scarecrow arc. I mm. think I think that I could write that character really well, especially after uh, just last night I read uh, Batman Year One Scarecrow and uh, got uh, very much into his origin story, which was pretty disturbing, <laughs> and um, just all the like the the hallucinogenic nature of his character and the fear mm-hmm. and. I I could really put Batman through some shit if they if they were willing to give me like an M rating on the uh, on the comic. I think I could do really good with that. Awesome, Stephanie. What about you? Well, part of me wants to say Catwoman because that Jed Winnick dude couldn't do any worse. But uh, <laughs> the one that I would actually really like to take on would be Marvel's Runaways, which I've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be really fun because like they introduce a lot of new characters. And a lot of mutants, and they put them into an established Marvel universe, and uh, they get to interact with characters that already exist. And I think it would be a really fun series to try and write because you just have a lot of freedom with, you know, what you're creating. At well, in my opinion, um, <laughs> and just sort of have this like slate of being able to come up with new ideas and powers and mutants and blah. I think it would be fun. Awesome. I mean, for me, it would be The Amazing Spider-Man. That's what it would be. Um, Spider-Man has always been my favorite superhero. And I always, I always loved as a kid when I used to collect the Marvel cards. You know, you get the Spider-Man's, you get Spider-Man's card. First, you get everybody else's card. And Captain America would say villains. Red Skull, Baron Zemo. Everybody had two or three villains. Mm-hmm. They had The back of Spider-Man's card was filled 
with yeah. villains. He had this yeah. block of villains. It's basically every villain in the Marvel Universe hated Spider-Man. <laughs> and I love that it's a, a character who, you know, by all rights, is not one of the most powerful characters in the Marvel Universe, even even close. You know, he can he can... He's a little bit. He's, he's really. He's pretty strong. He's fast. He can crawl on walls. He's very agile. But he's not the Hulk. He doesn't have magic powers. Yeah. He's not Thor. He doesn't have. He didn't. Well, not until recently. Have crazy technology. You know. But I love that he was. He had an amazing amount of will. He is ridiculously smart. But underneath that, he's just a geeky kid. Mm-hmm. You know, and I always loved that kind of dichotomy between the, the character and. I just would love to be able to play with that rogues gallery, that huge rogues gallery, and there's just so many classic villains that you could write you know, stories about, and so yeah, it'd absolutely, absolutely be Spider-Man. Plus, it's funny, and and it's tough for me when I write fiction not to at least dip into humor sometimes, even if it's organic humor in, in a story. So I know as a writer, that's what I like to do. I think that might be partly what shaped me as a writer in a lot of ways, but. So that's where I would go. I go with Spider Man. The company should listen. I think we have some good ideas. I think we, we do as get well. Hired right now. Oh, there's going to be lots of good ideas during this podcast. Yeah, not that <laughs> I, I think Dan Slott's doing a bad job with amazing. Yeah, Spider-Man I know. Right I'm now. not complaining about Hickman, and I'm sure we're not complaining about Scott Snyder. Yeah, either, yeah. So, yeah. so new. So there you go. Um, so yes. what's up next, Stephanie? As far yeah. as questions go. Um, well, we got a ton of questions on Twitter and Facebook, and if you're not following us on Twitter or Facebook, do so now, so you can send in your questions at Talking um, Comics. Yes. yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, so the first one that I thought would be, you know, sort of oh, next warm-up question was from uh, Sigma Six <laughs> on Twitter, and he wanted to know if we could only see one comic book movie this year, which one would it be, and why? Should I? I'll go. Sure. <laughs> the Dark Knight. Oh. And why? Why? Because it's Batman, and because there's it's it's. Nolan's Batman. It's the last one of the series, mm-hmm. and it's got Catwoman. It's got Bane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I, I I love both of the of the films that he's done, and it's all come down to this. And um, it's just it's much more my speed. I think okay. he's a he's a very smart filmmaker, and uh, I just I think it's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. I have faith, and I think it's going to be awesome. So that's mine. Very nice. Avengers and just been waiting I don't know 50 years for someone to make a live action superhero team movie Mm -hmm. Uh, and that it's Joss Whedon and having just seen Cabin in the Woods and having seen Serenity and all the rest of this stuff the interplay of the characters we're seeing in the trailer is what Stan would have written it's the it's it's going to be fun it's going to be a major earth changing event things Mm -hmm. are going to get broken right but th- some of these characters are going to enjoy themselves in the process, and mm-hmm. so are we. And I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, for me, it's the Avengers as well, and in a lot of, in sort of the same way that you're saying, it's just because. Listen, I know the Dark Knight Rises is going to be fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I'm pretty sure Spider Man is also going to be really good. Mm-hmm. But I've seen a Nolan Batman movie before. I've seen a solo Spider-Man movie before. I've never seen whatever the Avengers is going to be. Yeah. You know, I've never seen a movie that puts together five, four or five heroes that have had their own movies and successful movies. And now they're all in one movie together directed by a director who, you know, when I was 13 or 14, when Buffy came out, that was my favorite show and might still be my favorite show in a lot of ways, you know? So there's so much about the Avengers that's just exactly the thing that I want. Um, 
Now, if I had to only see the Avengers and not see Dark Knight, I'd be a little bit sad. Don't get me wrong. But that, that about the Avengers yeah. is the thing that's got me excited. My only trepidation with the Avengers is that I'm I'm worried that the character moments aren't going. I mean, he knows how to mm. portion out his scenes and his characters. I just hope that nobody gets gypped. I've heard from what I've heard the advanced stuff that it's, no one no one does get gypped. I've heard that there's all, right. all really satisfying character stuff. Well, if, if they're tied for me. Like mm. Dark Knight Rises and Avengers, I'm super super excited for the Avengers. But mm. if I had to choose one, I would I have to go Batman. What about you, Stephanie? I have to go with the Avengers on this one. Um, I love The Dark Knight Rises. Well, you know, I will probably. I love The Dark Knight, <laughs> yeah. the Christopher Nolan stuff as far as Batman goes. Yeah. Um, but like you said, like I love Buffy. I love Joss Whedon. I loved Cabin in the Woods more recently. And like I'm really stoked for this film. I don't necessarily love all of the films which the characters have come out of. Iron Man 2. But... I, I think that this is going to be a really solid franchise and I'm excited to see everyone in it. And while I think like, again, dark Knight rises, I would really be bummed if I didn't get to see that as well, but the Avengers kind of has this more appealing sort of serious side, but it also looks like it's going to be a lot of fun too. Yeah. Whereas the dark Knight rises is going to be like a total bummer. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's going to just be wah, wah. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely think out of the two, the Avengers is going to be the more fun of the films, which is mm-hmm. another quality that I really value in a movie I pay like a zillion dollars to see in theaters. Right. Well, we've gotten into some of these trailers, the longer trailers now. It's the classic Marvel moment. Superheroes beating each other up. Mm-hmm. There's some mistake. We still don't know yeah. why. Yeah. But just Iron Man and Thor squaring off. Yeah. I saw like a five second clip of that fight. Yeah. It was really cool. I haven't watched and any clips. It was really cool. I want to be surprised. It was really cool. I only watched it was a, I watched a little itty bitty yeah. bit and it started. I just turned it off because I didn't want to watch yeah. any more of it. But yeah. it was it was a great little a, Robert Downey Jr. moment. There's a Hulk Smash preview that's on right now. Yeah, that too. one is awesome. Ooh, I that didn't one, see that one. Cat, well, Captain America uh. turns to the Hulk and he goes, Hulk, smash. Oh <laughs> Yeah. So it's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. Um, So we got Dark Knight Rises, Avengers, Avengers, Avengers. What's up next, Stephanie? So Caleb Versailles, the sleep drifter, he wants to know, what's your favorite comic run or series that was canceled before it was properly finished? And I think Steve was going to take a shot at this question. Uh, I'm going to give a throwback to one of our early guests. Uh, I'm going to say Green Wake mm. for uh, Curtis Weeb's Green Wake. I was really, and I'm not just trying to kiss his ass. I was really, <laughs> no, love it. I was so into that. Mm-hmm. It was such a cool world. I loved the mystery. Like, is it Limbo? Like what there was so much the the beasts walking around mm-hmm. the the changing of the colors the palette changed with the arc like you know it was all green and murky and then mm-hmm. it was all blue and mm-hmm. icy and like if that had kept going like there could have been like you know like, like a passionate arc with like with fires and reds and mm-hmm. pinks and oranges and just it was such a cool world yeah for these strange stories mm-hmm. to uh to, to unfold that I, I was so it was the, the the first cancellation of a series that I was really like oh mm-hmm. like I was this was just taking off 
Right. And I felt like they had kind of pulled the rug out from under his feet. I know he's got other projects on the way, mm. but that was something that if it had kept going, and even when he when we interviewed him and he said that he had plans, mm-hmm. that it just got cut short. Oh. Yeah. And I really, really would have loved to have seen that in, in its entirety. Mm-hmm. I thought it would have been awesome. At least he got to end it, though. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, and the and the extra pages, they got like six six pages extra for the final issue. Mm-hmm. And it really those six pages really did it justice. Mm-hmm. And I was very happy with with what he was able to do with it. Yeah. But it just that was the first thing that I'd come along where I'd been reading it and been like, Wow, this is so neat. Mm-hmm. And then the news came and I was genuinely I was very upset. Yeah. It reminded me of the end when Dollhouse was ending. Cause in in the end of Dollhouse, Joss Whedon tried to pack in what they were going to do for about six seasons in the last six episodes. Wow. So there's a wild amount of content in those last six episodes. The show goes in crazy, crazy directions because it's just doing all these different storylines he wanted to get done with so he could finish the show. And that's what kind of the last issue of Green Wake felt like to me. I could tell that it was, this issue's done, but now it's really done, so I have to go back and fit in all this stuff. So there's a lot of information that gets metered out at the end. But, no, that's a good one, Steve. I didn't even think of that. That's a really good one. Bob, what about you? Um... I could pick a whole lot of things here. Look, the, the original Silver Surfer run only lasted about a year mm-hmm. going back. Just didn't find an audience. Uh, recently, the new 52 canceled a couple of things like Zatanna that Paul Dini was doing that I really loved. Mm-hmm. It's Spider-Girl, which for years was the best book Marvel had going. Hmm. It was, it's a, it was, they tried to start another universe. It was the A2 universe. It's 20 years forward. Okay. So May Parker is the daughter of Mary Jane and Peter. Okay. And she discovers she has... Spider-Man powers. He's retired because in a battle with it, it was Electro. He lost one of his legs. Oh, wow. Okay. So now he works for the police department as a chemist and a scientist. And in uh, Kane is the older Kane is is in the book, too. Oh, interesting. They have a new generation of Avengers. Okay. It's the American dream instead of Captain America and Thunderstrike and all sorts of stuff going on. Uh, Sal Buscema, Ron Friends, art, very 1970s, Tom DeFalco doing the writing. Great little book, filled with cool character stuff. It was canceled three times mm-hmm. and brought back with acclaim once as an internet book and then published again. And now it's gone. Never probably to see the light of day again. Just too many cancellations, but a fun little book. I've been toying with picking that up. It looks I'm sure like, you have. It looks like I've been swayed. <laughs> yeah. Um, the... There's not, I don't really have a, a series that's been canceled from underneath me, but uh, we, I think you both read The Widening Gyre, the Kevin mm-hmm. Smith Batman yeah. run, and he did, I think it was like six issues, and there was supposed to be another six coming out, and I don't think he's been canceled, I think he hasn't written it yet, or whatever, but that's something that I wish I could finish off, because I loved that story, yeah, I loved it where good. it left off, um, yeah. and I, I like that story too, because it's outside of continuity, it's just a Batman story, you know, and I, I really enjoyed that, it was a Tim Drake Robin, so... It's it's a really cool book with really cool art. Um, Stephanie, do you have anything? Yeah, um, it wasn't canceled or anything, but because of the DC fifty two, it got you know rebooted, canceled. and that's the Stephanie Brown Batgirl. Ah, uh, love the shit out of her as Batgirl, and as yeah. much as I'm happy to see Babs back, I I miss her saying things like you know stabby stabby to Damien and <laughs> all kinds of delightful delightful things, and I mean. Steve, you talked about the 
Dracula, Supergirl, Batgirl. Oh, I have I have only two more issues left of my entire Batgirl collection. There will there will be pictures. <laughs> I have everything that she's done, uh, with the exception of like the much mm. much older stuff. But I have one more Stephanie Brown book, number eight, before I dig into her stuff. But the one that I did read was phenomenal. <laughs> I love her, and so so that's my that's my. Lament for mm-hmm. Stephanie Brown. <laughs> I love her after that one issue, so I, I can't wait to, to get into the rest of them. Cool. Uh, next question, Stephanie. So this one sort of, I guess, ties in a little bit to the first question in a way, and um, it's from Chris, who is a Bellarek14 um, on Twitter. <laughs> is he the little, Anyways, the little egg? Yes, the little, you know, unhatched Twitter. I don't know. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> Um, so he wanted to know who is your favorite author and what character would you like them to write a story for? All right. I, so, I can go first I, on this one, I guess. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd say probably Jeff Lemire would be my favorite author right now, I would ah. say. Um, it's close with Scott Snyder, but Scott Snyder's already writing the book I would want him to write. You know, not that I don't love Animal Man, but I would like to see Jeff Lemire. I got down to two. I would see him tackle either Doctor Strange or Venom. Those Because I Ooh. think that he could do... I mean, Doctor. I think Venom is having a good run right now with Rick Remender, but I'd like to see what how Jeff Lemire could get his hooks kind of into that the battle between the two entities that are going on there. You know, the kind of darker side of what's going on there, the the more surreal nature. And I think it's perfect for Doctor Strange in that same way, which is all this magic and crazy stuff. And I think he could really work with that that thing he's been doing in Animal Man, which is to go from this normal guy to this these crazy circumstances and i would love to see that because they're not characters that i know that well but mm-hmm. what i've seen of them i feel like they would work really well with, with that with that Good creator choice. nice steve what about you all right now mine i'm not quite sure if this has been done yet so this is like a my original idea that i hope <laughs> somebody's probably going to tweet <laughs> us and be like yeah. i already did this but um of course my favorite writers are the luna brothers mm-hmm. I would love, absolutely love, love, love. I don't think that you could, I don't think it would have the impact in a one shot, but I'd like to see either a two or three parter of an Alfred Pennyworth comic. And I'll tell you why. I w- the Lunar Brothers do emotion really, really well. Characters that are, they're human, they're vulnerable, the whole bit. I would absolutely love to see at the beginning of the arc um, where Alfred was before he worked for the Waynes. I want to mm. know how who his parents were growing up, so on and so forth. But more so on the emotional side, every time that Batman and Robin have come to him barely breathing, slashed up, bones broken, and he's mending them, he's stitching them back together – he cares for them like nobody else does mm-hmm. in the Batman universe more so than anyone. Yeah. Um, not to mention all the all the times where he's had to drive the Batmobile. What mm-hmm. is it like to be Alfred driving right. the Batmobile? <laughs> or him dressing up as a Batman decoy mm-hmm. where he's had to get put the suit on and stand in for Batman. Mm-hmm. And there are these crazy, heinous, sinister villains going mm-hmm. around that he could get a bullet to the head or or wind up in one of, you know, Joker's getting gassed or something. Mm-hmm. Like, he's an old man. Yeah. What is going through his head as he's doing this in order to protect his, essentially, his would-be child of Bruce and mm-hmm. now Damien or one of Whatever. the other Robins? Right. Yeah. 
Um, I just think it would be really interesting to see what they would do with it if they actually got inside of his head and told like a good like three issue thing about what it's like to be Alfred and care about one of the greatest superheroes that's ever been. Mm-hmm. What is it like to have to basically be the the one responsible right, for yeah. their well being? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's my my vote. It's a good one. And as long as Alicia Silverstone isn't in it, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Stephanie, what about you? Um, so as you guys know, I love Brian K. Vaughn, and I would definitely pick him as my favorite writer. Um, so the series I was kind of thinking of, I, I mean, Brian K. Vaughn both had a hand in like Runaways and Lost and all kinds of other things. And um, another favorite series of mine is Morning Glories, as you all know. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be really interesting to see somebody who, like Morning Glories is so clearly inspired by things like Lost and uh, even Runaways to me, then I think it would be kind of interesting to see the person who inspired this take a shot at writing an arc for this series. Hmm. If that makes any sense hmm. at all. Just want to take it away from Nick Spencer, huh? Well, no. I mean, <laughs> I love Nick Spencer's writing on this series. I think it's absolutely fantastic, top-notch, definitely one of the best series out there. But if he decided to take a break for an arc, mm-hmm. I definitely think Brian K. Vaughn would be an interesting choice to put a spin on it because of it's sort of familiar territory but he always puts like an interesting spin on everything and i think it would be interesting to see that i agree very cool good choice Mm -hmm. bob uh for me it would be john byrne Mm -hmm. and it'll never happen because he's never going to work for marvel again but i'd love to see him take the fantastic four back again uh, Hickman's going to leave, and Lord knows what hands this is going to fall into. It's probably going to go right down the drain again. That's going to be a years. dark day for Bob Meyer. Oh, yeah, because yeah, I, I, I will continue to buy that no matter what. Mm-hmm. I just can't break that string. I, I'll do that with a lot of other things. There's just too much history there. Mm-hmm. So he did the second best run on this book back in the 80s. He understands the characters, treats Sue as something other than eye candy. She's the... the to him, the most powerful member of the team. He had to mm-hmm. do things that nobody else had ever come up with before. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that family, it's it's the Ben thing he does right. That's what I want. In a perfect world, John Byrne during the FF. Awesome. Stephanie, what's up next? So I think we'll try out this question here from Jason Ford, who is Thunderduck360. <laughs> <laughs> um, he wants to know, what would our favorite Avenger team be? And when we say Avenger team, it's comprised of only six people, not every single Avenger you love. Oh, so. I was going to say Steed and Mrs. Peel, but okay. <laughs> We're talking about the other ones. Okay. How now, brown cow? Yeah. <laughs> I love that saying. So I guess maybe who wants to... I, at Bobby, how about you, sir? Maybe? Sure, I'll go first. Um, my first four are very normal. It's mm-hmm. Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, and Captain America. Um... But then I would go with Hank Pym, Ant-Man, because I love, I love mm-hmm. the character of Hank Pym, and I think he does a lot for that series. And I love that he's a genius like Tony Stark, but he has much more of a conscience. And he's yes. always kind of like, well, should we really be doing this? Should we really be punching people every, you know, yes. you know the violent mm-hmm. part of it always turns him off. So I really like that. And I'm going to go with Doctor Strange, because I like a little magic. In my, in my it's Avengers. interesting. And he, as a loner, having yeah. to fit in, that's a nice little bit of drama. Yeah, sure. I, I, like, I like that very much. I mean, I thought about 
you know, because in the recent years we've had Wolverine join the X-Men, we've had Spider-Man join the X-Men, but, I mean, X-Men, the Avengers, mm-hmm. but I would rather read almost those characters separately and not in a, a team-up book. So that's, that's my set of Avengers. What about you? Uh, I'm torn here because I have a real fondness for what they used to call Cap's kooky quartet. Okay. <laughs> in uh, Avengers 16... Everybody left but Captain America. Okay. And he ended up with the Wit the Scarlet Witch, okay. Hawkeye, and Quicksilver. But they don't play well with others. They try mm. to bring other people in. It never quite works. If we're gonna have to have six, mm. it's it's gotta be the big three. So right. it's, it's Cap, Iron Man, and Thor. Love the vision. Yeah, vision is good. Um I'd go with Hank, but I, I you can't have Hank without Jan. You've gotta have Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. So I might go that way. Okay. I think that's that's a that's a really good one. That's a good one, um, Steve. Are you, it looks like you've been studying over there. I really <laughs> don't want to go. All right, um, I'm, I'm I'm looking at the roster here, and uh, I'm gonna have to say uh, Spider Man, okay, Thor, Wolverine, Psylocke, Miss um, Marvel, and uh, Emma Frost. Emma Frost He's having X-Man. the sexy yeah. party. Emma Frost is the next man, though. Does, I, does it matter? I know. I'm just, yeah. They're always, dude, they're always switching it's sides. True. They're in bed with yeah. everybody. It's true. Yeah. It's true. It's true. In this case, it'll be lots of ladies. Yeah. <laughs> I had three dudes and three chicks. I know. I could have oh, made. Okay. I, I could have made an all-female Avengers team. It's true. You Want me to do that? I'll do it. They did that you should. once. I, I, did I that. kind of expect these things from you. Yeah. I love the ladies. <laughs> they did the the it was during the women's lib era, and Roy mm. Thomas an issue was the lady liberators who mm. took out the Avengers. It was the but it was a it was the enchantress ah. messing with everybody. Gotcha. It was gotcha. the Valkyrie and, mm-hmm. and Sue Storm was involved too, and took out all the big guys. That enchantress. And, and if I had a guest yeah. a guest spot, I would say Doctor Strange. Okay, because cool. I'd like a little bit of magic myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stephanie, do you want to venture a go or? I honestly nice don't know much about the Avengers at all. I did um, it. Yeah. It's but, only six. You know, well, Go for I it. guess like obviously the three, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America. Um, I love Hawkeye, so he'd be kind of, I mean, it's basically just. The movie roster? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and like the Hulk is like awesome <laughs> because he smashes things. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I love the Scarlet Witch. I don't know how well she would play with, mm-hmm. you know, the Avengers and these particular team because I don't know anything about the Avengers really. Right. But uh, I, I like the Avengers. I like Miss Marvel. So you know, they can Very all nice. schmooze yeah. and smash <laughs> things and blow things up and. Schmooze. There you go. I don't know. That made no sense. Sounds like an Avengers book. Exactly. <laughs> Let's move on to the next question. Well, I think I want to again. This is. Thunderduck 360. <laughs> um, he wanted to know what would comics industry be without Jack Kirby? I'm like, saying this one's mine. Yes, everyone's yeah, looking at me here. I was about to say I would leave the floor okay. completely to you on this one. So, in a lot of ways, beyond the obvious that everyone knows mm-hmm. here with with the original Marvel Universe, here, there's no comic industry without Jack Kirby. He and his partner Joe Simon, beyond they created Captain America in '41 created romance comics, westerns, humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did work for DC, Challengers. Green Arrow is, is his. He did The Sandman over at DC. He was doing 
weird stuff in the 50s, all sorts of crazy crap, fighting American and so on and mm-hmm. so forth. But he ended up back at Marvel when he ran out of favor at DC, was drawing monster books with Stan, and they started everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Fantastic Four, Avengers, X-Men, Iron Man, Thor, the Hulk, you name it. He, every major villain ever got put on, on the Marvel Earth, mm-hmm. he basically did. Right. Kirby changed the way people drew books. Uh, he his anatomy is not what's in the books. It, you know, if you went to a, a guidebook, how do you draw the human body? No, but how you draw a comic book body, how you mm-hmm. draw a comic book fight scene, mm-hmm. everything comes from Kirby at this point. Even things that don't look like Kirby, right, are from Kirby. He's, yeah, it's like the Beatles. Yeah, even things that aren't don't sound like the Beatles yeah. are pretty much from the Beatles in some way. Jack Kirby is the king. I was privileged enough to meet him. Mm-hmm. And he was just a lovely man, signed my FF1, tried to sell me some artwork, which I didn't buy, which was really stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, there's no comics without Jack Kirby, period. End, end, of, end of rant. Okay, I want to ask you a follow-up real quick sure. um, about Steve Ditko. Uh-huh. Steve Ditko uh, drew Spider- the first Spider-Man, obviously. Um, what do you think of Steve Ditko? Love Ditko, and not everyone does. The odd thing with... Spider-Man is Stan gave it to Jack. He mm-hmm. gave everything to Jack. Mm-hmm. S- Steve was also doing the monster books, though. Jack did giant monsters that stepped on things. Mm-hmm. Steve Ditko did regular guys mm-hmm. that weird things would happen to, more Twilight Zone stories instead of giant Godzilla movies. Uh, he gave Spidey to Jack, who drew a superhero. Mm-hmm. And Stan was not happy with it. That's not what he wanted. He mm-hmm. wanted the quirky teenager that you right. fell in love with. He gave it to Ditko, and it's a marriage made in heaven. Mm-hmm. It lasted about four years until Steve wanted more input and so on and so forth, right. and it fell apart. But it, it's really, that's the other half of the Marvel Universe. That's the, the interior stories. It's the littler things. He also did Doctor Strange. Okay. He's the original artist on Doctor Strange. Awesome. Mm. Very nice. All right, so what's up next, Stephanie? Well, Theodore Bond, who is... Coincidentally, Theodore Bond on Twitter. He wants <laughs> to know who are our favorite C or D list characters that you find get no love. So um, I don't know. I think a few of us had a couple answers to this, but I don't know if all of us did. Um, Bob. Luke Cage. Absolutely. He's a sidebar character in a couple of books right now, and he's getting some love here and there, mm-hmm. but not nearly enough. When he came on the scene in 71, you know, in the midst of the black exploitation film era, it was a gritty and not in the way the Punisher is gritty, mm-hmm. but lived in a, a part of New York that the Avengers and the Fantastic Four didn't live in. He lived in Times Square and above a movie theater mm-hmm. and did things in a community we didn't see for people who didn't see superheroes around. It was a different New York. Uh, I'd like it to go back to that. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be a, a neat way to bring that character back to life very cool i mean mine would be a character i brought up before would be ant-man that would be the character nice. because i find him so interesting and i find the, the what he can do so interesting but whenever i go back and look i literally went back and i searched like i googled and i searched the internet for what are the best ant-man arcs and there was like nothing you know <laughs> no. most of it was all and anything that was there was a joke it was like jokey stuff and i would like to see like a serious not necessarily a serious but Take the character seriously, you know, run for Ant-Man. You've got to, wait, wait, the Henry Pym one. The Henry Pym, Ant-Man, yeah. Um, his better stories happen once he's Giant-Man, which happened pretty quickly on mm-hmm. in uh, Tales to Astonish. Right. 
but it's the Avengers stories where he got stuck as Goliath at mm. 12 feet tall. Okay. And had to live life that way for mm. six or eight months. He creates Ultron. Right, yeah. Which causes him a whole lot of problems. So read the, the original Ultron arc. Really, it's from the where the vision comes in. Oh, okay. Because that's all related into that. So it's Avengers 57, 8, and mm. through the next year or so, right through the Kree Squirrel War. I'll have to take a look at that. I mean, I, I think we might get a chance of that because obviously Edgar Wright's working on an Ant Man mm. movie. So I, I think that if, when, it seems like whenever they have a movie coming out, Marvel tends to start mm. pushing the, the heroes. So. You could read his first story too The Man in the Ant Hill. He's one of Stan's horror characters. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. He was a scientist who shrinks himself down and ends up stuck with the ants about to eat him. Oh, cool. And cool. They, they brought him back one more time and then went, I could make him a superhero. <laughs> Bingo, Ant-Man. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Um, Stephanie, what about you? Um, I don't really have too much of an explanation for this. I just like these characters a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but the characters, I would like to see the cloak and dagger. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Love them. Yeah. So I... I I love, I, I just love them, and I would like to see more of them. So uh, get on that, please, <laughs> world. Okay. Anyways, I, did Steve, Steve, do you have any thoughts? Jubilee. Oh, God. No, no, kidding. Oh, no. get out of here. You're I'm fireworks. Sorry. I'm so kidding. Um, does Spider-Woman count? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She was All my right. second, yeah. Um, I mean, well, I, I read the, again, the Luna Brothers. Mm. You guys should just come in to New York and hang out with me for the day. Um <laughs> I read her origin uh, story, and it was awesome. Mm -hmm. And I have something else of hers. Um, I have not read it yet. Um, I believe it was Bendis or Vaughn or one of the major. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Um, but every time that I see her now, she's just kind of like in the background. Mm -hmm. Like she's just kind of hanging out. Yeah. And she's, she's got like a Spider-Man-like quip every now and then. <laughs> yeah. But I just feel like her her character's kind of just been like brushed aside, mm -hmm. and I th I think that they could you know like if they don't bring back Spider Girl, do something yeah. with Spider Woman, mm -hmm. have a female counterpart to yeah. that character. I think could work out very nicely. She's more she's a much more prevalent as well. I think in the Ultimate Universe, she's a member of like the Avengers over there, which are called the Ultimates. Yeah, and there's that's a much smaller team than exists in the mainline universe. So you definitely, I think, you get more of her in that universe. Her okay. original series was well received in its time. Mm. Uh, she has such a convoluted origin, you know, the high evolutionary and mm. Viper right. and all the rest of it. They made her into a private detective, yeah, working out of San Francisco. Mm. And it was Carmen Infantino, who's a DC artist for the rest. He's the Flash artist. Mm -hmm. See, and, that'd be cool. Yeah, and it was just really, really well done. She had a lot of cool stories, a lot of cool villains, very horror movie. Well, like, thing. what if you did, um, like, uh, like Fatal? Like how Fatal has that like noir like yeah. vibe yeah. Oh, to the great. black and white and the deep reds. Like if you did a Spider Woman detective type story, mm. where you, I, I don't know, I think that it would be really cool that she I'd be in for that. She yeah. investigates during the day and the, mm. or whatever, and when she goes after the villain, she's Spider Woman. Yeah. They have one of those uh, one of the motion comics that's on Netflix. Watch instantly is a Spider Woman one, Ooh. and I think it's one where she's a detective. Cool. So I watched a little bit of it. I didn't watch a lot of it, but I I saw that. But did you guys read Secret Invasions and all those sort of things? No, I have not read. Okay, nope. right, I'm not. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> uh, I'll shut up. You should read those. She has a big part. Mm. I'm. I, I'm pretty sure that I, I don't. I don't know if the Spider Woman that's now is the same Spider Woman that started because I know one of the people who is Spider Woman is also now Madam Web. You know the. No, that's Jessica Carpenter. Jessica Carpenter. That's a different one. She had okay. a little. She came second. Okay. 
All right, so Jessica Drew, the Spider Woman you see in Avengers is the original, original Spider Woman. But Jessica Carpenter at one point was Spider Woman. Yeah, she okay. had a blue, or probably reads as a black and white sort of okay. suit with a white spider on it, and oh, a okay. little girl. And all right, yeah. yeah, yeah, she's now Madame Web, who is like the all-seeing Spider-Man mm-hmm. like thing. All right, um, cool, Stephanie. Next question. Yes, so um, Colin Parfit, who is Mister Parfit. On uh, Twitter, wants to know: Is there a character <laughs> that you would like to see in the D- or to have seen in DC's New Fifty Two that hasn't appeared yet? I can Ooh. go. Go ahead. first. I mean, for me, it, it would be the Wally West Flash. I miss. I love Barry Allen's character, but it just it it seems odd to me that they have Barry Allen, they have Bart Allen, but they don't have Wally West. And I just like his. Wally West is an odd character, right? Because if Barry Allen's in the universe, he doesn't really have much of a place because he's just another guy who can run fast, you know? Uh, and he doesn't have the, the job that Barry Allen has. He's just a quippy guy. But I like the difference between him and Barry a lot. And I like that he's a family man. I like all this stuff about Wally, you know, that he was, you know, before the 52 rebooted. Um, and plus, for me, reading The Flash when I was younger, he was the Flash to me. He, the, the sarcastic guy was the Flash to me. So to me, that's the Flash. So that's mm-hmm. why I would say Wally West as the Flash. Hmm. I like that. Bob, what about you? Um, I'd like to say, and not trying to be a smart aleck, none. <laughs> because what they've done with the characters they sort of brought back, I'm not really thrilled with. So for me to say, I'd like to see the Doom Patrol again, mm-hmm. they've sort of used Robot Man over at My Greatest Adventure, but none. 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 Bob hmm. says none. None so black. <laughs> Steve, do you have any... Uh... Yeah, I do. Um, she's in a, She's in the Suicide Squad, Harley mm-hmm. Quinn. Mm-hmm. The Harley Quinn and the Suicide Squad, they had two issues where it got okay... But it's been shit for for all intents and purposes. It's been shit. Um, she's now dark, uh, too dark, too too broody, and probably the most important part that she's lost is she's not funny anymore. Um, I picked up huh. recently a bunch of her old stuff, and it's a riot. She's smashing people with mallets. She's making all kinds of clown jokes, and it's it's. The reason that she's my favorite is because she made me laugh. The new Harley Quinn does not make me laugh. Um, I would like to see her get her own book, make it a funny book. Um, or I would like to see, since I have I just picked it up tonight, but I've never read anything by her. Uh, and I know she's coming in on the Earth too, but Power Girl. Mm, yeah. I, yeah. I think would be cool because I've never read anything. And if they were going to start her again and do some stuff, I'll read it. Mm-hmm. The last series, the one that you just start to pick up, was, yeah. was a lot of fun. It was light but serious. Okay. Nice supporting cast. Some great artists on it, too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I got to uh, I got to go through them and see which ones I'm missing and uh, acquire them quickly. Nice. A couple of trades on those, too. It might help you. Yes. Stephanie, do you have any uh, anything? Uh, not particularly. If I'm going to be really sort of venomous about this, it's going to be Catwoman. Because <laughs> I knew that Catwoman was coming. that I know and love hasn't made an appearance yet. Mm-hmm. Very nice. But um, aside Burn. from that and being, you know, slightly bitchy, you know, <laughs> it, I, I don't really have any people that I would have loved to see. Power Girl is someone I want to check out in, uh, you know, other comics, but... I, I can't really say for sure if I'm missing out on her in this. All right. What else we got in, for questions? 
Um, well, we have, there's still a few more, but I guess we have a really big one that we're going to cover at a later time and date that I yes. just wanted to quickly okay. mention um, by Sarah Bell, who is I am giant woman on Twitter. That's awesome. Um, so I'm just going to read the question and then again, I'll let Bobby address what we're going to be doing with it after, if that's all right. Sure. Yeah. Um, so basically she wanted to know if there's any opinion on why there's there's still a gender bias in comics, not only from a character point of view, but also as a woman buying comics. Yeah, so. yeah. There's a, there are opinions. Well, like I said, it's, that's a really, it's a great question, yeah. and it's a big question, and we actually have talked about behind the scenes doing a show all about this in a lot of ways. Um, we're just trying to find like a, a great guest to be on the show to kind of talk about it with us. So I didn't want to do this question and have it be a five-minute, ten-minute answer. I want to give this question and what this question means, you know, the, the, the time it deserves. So I, I'm going to say in the next few weeks, we're definitely going to do, do a whole show about this. Because we also got an email from a listener named Amy who – it was a great email. It was an awesome email. And it's all about this as well, and I really want to address it. So that's why we're not doing your question tonight, but we, we're going to focus – on your question and questions like it on an entire show mm-hmm. um, very, very soon. So um, I'm looking that. forward to that one. There is a question um, that I wanted to bring up sure. quite yeah. frankly, because I did the research. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was, we were coming back to it. I just had, it. Oh, okay. I just wanted to mention that one. Do you want to read it? Yeah, sure. Um, I was going to, well, since you kind of, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> but Colin Parfit again, Mr. Parfit, he wanted to know what DC 52 books will be canceled next and who should get a book. And hasn't yet. Okie dokie. I um, assume that was the one you speak of. Yes, it is. Uh, and I will read you something that if you haven't seen it, uh, Colin, it's from bleedingcool.com. And this was a list of, uh, says the 12 lowest selling titles that have not been canceled are in highest selling order Batwing, Hawkman, Deathstroke, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, DC Universe Presents. Fury of Firestorm, Resurrection Man, I Vampire, Grifter, Blue Beetle, Voodoo, and Captain Adam. Now, what this means is basically you could assume that when they do cut the six books that will eventually be cut from the 52, that it'll be the bottom of this list. So you figure Captain Adam, Voodoo, Blue Beetle, Grifter, and unfortunately, I Vampire. I think needs to stick around as well as resurrection man. Mm. I also think Mm. is worth keeping, Mm. but uh, they would most likely be the first ones on the chopping block. Right. Um, As far as what they'd be bringing to the table. The only one that I know that's absolutely confirmed so far is kid eternity. Yeah. That's part of that. um, I think that's part of that. What is that new anthology series? Uh, uh, National comics, national comics. That's what Jeff Lemire is going to be writing that first arc. Sweet. That's Kid Eternity. They're gonna be, it's going to be like DC Universe Presents, but it's going to be you know rolling over characters. Yeah, the only reason I'd say that those six and below would not get cut is only if they have some sort of... They're in the DC plan for some other right. run of books. I, they can't get rid of I, Vampire. I mean, well, I think well, they Well, they're crossing over with that, so I think yeah. they're going to have to wait to see some new sales figures. So no, that they, may get a reprieve. They can't yeah. get rid of it because I say so. Yeah. Oh. I mean, if nothing else, much like what... Um, Scott Snyder's on with the talent and, and Court of the Owls at least we've got like I Vampire has introduced some pretty cool characters and I don't know again I don't know if they're all new characters I don't know if they've been in the universe before but they're certainly taking more of a front and center 
you know, view than they have before. So at least they're in the universe now. You know, I think just because their books get cut doesn't mean they're going to be erased from the universe in a lot of ways. I mean, not that Batwing, I think, was the best selling of the worst selling you have on there. I don't think that's going anywhere just because you have the new Batman Incorporated book that's starting soon. Right. And that he's part of that. So. Unless they fold him into that. Unless they fold him into that. Maybe maybe that's more of a death knell for him than than not. But we'll have to see. The, The thing about those books, that you read those lists to me, I'm not surprised by any of those books being on, on in the bottom. No, I'm not surprised yeah. by them. Yeah. I just think that between Resurrection Man and I Vampire, I think it's a shame. Yeah, no, it is a shame, but I'm not surprised just because of the 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 names. Like even Frankenstein Agent of Shade, it's a great book written by a great author, but because it says Frankenstein on it, so people are like, "Oh, this must be stupid." I'm sure that's what people yeah. think when they look at it. Yeah, you know, and it's just not true. Um, Stephanie, I'm sure you want Catwoman to be canceled. <laughs> Yes, that needs to. I mean, I'm sure it never will because it's Catwoman, but right. I just that shit needs to go. It needs a new writer. And it a new needs artist. a new writer, mm-hmm. and I wish it would be rebooted again. Like they would just be like, "Well, this story was shit. Let's just <laughs> start again." It was a clone. Yeah, um, fake Catwoman. Yeah, absolutely. Woof. Sorry. So um, we have a pretty. I, I think we have time for one more question. I think we have a rather big question asked of us as well. Uh, you mean you well, ask it? It's a wh- sure. Yeah. What is your favorite story arc you've ever read? What I didn't know about this one. She, yeah, she said she read it out. No. Yeah. Yes. Ah, yes. oh. true. I did. I'll go last. Okay, Bob. You want to go first? <laughs> Galactus sure. trilogy FF forty-eight to fifty. There you go. Um, for me, it's the Dark Knight Returns. Um, I I, only, I, only, I read it recently actually I read it in the last couple of years but it like even with all of the this is amazing this is redefines what Batman was even knowing all of those things reading it it felt even reading it now fresh and different because it's not the way Batman is now even you know there's so much in there and it has that that a fire to it mm-hmm. you know and I love Miller I think earlier work has that to it before he became it became a Frank Miller style, you know, before he became right. almost like navel gazing on himself where things became more over the top and more misogynist right. and more all those other things that he became known for as he went along. Like, like, you know, Frank Miller became known for big, huge action and beautiful books with not a lot of character to them. Dark Knight Returns has so much character to it. And it, it, it's an uncomfortable book to read in some aspects. Mm-hmm. It's a very dirty, ugly future that you know, he's prognosticating. And but the final battle between Superman and Batman is just—it's amazing to me. And you had to see it when it came out. I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you yeah. couldn't have obviously, right. but it was so different mm-hmm. and so groundbreaking. Yeah, a very special time. Yeah, there's this great line in the in the beginning. You know, um, Bruce is like racing that car and. He thinks he's gonna die in the car accident. Mm-hmm. He goes, "This would be a good way, to, a good way to die, yep. but not, but not today." <laughs> you know, you know, and the way he, you know, the way it ends is, it's just, it's that perfect. It's the biggest example of the way Batman can beat anybody, even a broken old Batman. You mm-hmm. know, it, it is gonna take is gonna take on the most still the most powerful being in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I just. Uh, I think it's amazing. The shame of it is the sequel is miserable. Oh, it's, it's, it's horrible. And what it eventually did, this isn't his fault, right. but what happened since to that character mm. and the way the character is written, yeah. 
all gets thrown back to that without people remembering, though, this is that broken old bitter Batman yeah. from the future. Yeah. Well, There's got to be somewhere in between. And then that's, the, yeah. you, you can't cast the 30 year old Batman as emotionally scarred as the 60 year old yes. Batman. It doesn't make sense. But, you know, and, but even if you look, but Miller didn't follow that because you, you read Batman Year One, that Batman's not that same Batman from no. Dark Knight Returns. It's just. I would love to see them do a movie version of Dark Knight Returns. Just do that arc. Just do that one story. You know, I think that would be amazing. Maybe that's where we go next. Maybe. That would be great. That would be amazing. Um, Stephanie, what about you? Um, I've already... I feel bad because I've talked about a couple series more than once now. (laughs) Fine. Um, Fine. Uh, Go for it. The the one series that I love, like, personally, it's one of the best beginnings to a series I've ever read. And that would be the first arc to Morning Glories. Mm. Um, it so perfectly Great. builds up this, I mean, it doesn't give you a lot to go on, but it just, it's one of the only books, um, the only comics I've ever read that just continually leaves you wanting so much more without giving you hard, with giving you like nothing. Mm-hmm. And, um, the mystery and the what the fuckness <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's all very heavy and awesome and it's great. If you haven't yep. read it yet, do it. Don't now. be a loser. Read Morning Glory. Absolutely. Uh, Girls by the Lunar Brothers. There you go. Probably the most significant comic book of my life, I would say. Wow. So, very fateful day. <laughs> very, uh, very, very, very close to home. And uh, it just it introduced me to my favorite writers. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Girls. Awesome. Um, so that's it for questions from listeners. I want to go real quick. We did some Twitter responses. I put out that question about what DC or Marvel book would you want to write? And we got some responses back. Oh, so cool. I just want to run through those real quick. Uh, Joey Esposito, friend of the show, yes. IGN comics editor, said Ragman. <laughs> okay. Um, Ragman. Uh, uh, Love3 underscore X said Deadpool, because I'm also sarcastic, mildly insulting, and awesome. <laughs> um, Cover Monkey said Scarlet Spider because it doesn't live up to its all the power and other responsibility tagline, but I'll just agree with him on that because I think that book is fantastic. Um, AZ Drifter 14 said, I would write a new series for Red Robin. Tim is such a great character, but way underused. So it's Tim Drake's Robin. Um, uh, what, what O Sang, Sang saw? What O Sang saw on Twitter said, Detective Comics for sure. It's a lifelong dream because it's all I, all I read growing up. Um, Magnet Girl says Spider Girl because hey! a teen Supergirl needs a book and she's my favorite M- Mayday. Yes, though Mayday I Parker. Do, though yeah. I do love Anya. Uh, and for DC, she says Wonder Girl. Um, and uh, we, uh, Red Robin was very popular. Uh, Sigma underscore S1X says, I would revive the standalone Red Robin book from DC. I really like Tim Drake and would like to see him more come into his own. Um, Super Bad Larry said... He had a good couple. He said Batgirl, the John Stewart Green Lantern, um, Ultimate Spider-Man, and a Storm solo title, which he says he doesn't think there's ever been. That would be great. No, a miniseries once or twice, but never a real series. Oh, wow. That was the other. Okay. And Romskeen also said Deadpool. So we had a couple of Deadpools, which I'm sure makes you very happy, Bob. Yes, well, maybe they could do a better job than it's being done currently, so right, let them do it. That's true. Absolutely. Bring it on. That's very true. Very, very true. You want to say something, Steve? Uh, no, no. If I was going to write something, my other choice—I just remembered it from this morning—would have been uh, a rogue book. 
Oh, interesting. That would yeah. be cool. She's my favorite of of the X Men. Of of oh, she's gonna be on my Avengers team, even though she's an X Men. <laughs> she's gonna cross over too. You're really having all these X Men betray their friends. You're just like, get on the Avengers. Isn't that what it's all about? Yeah. They're mad at Scott too. Get lost. Yeah, get We're leaving. Um, we also got an email about what comic would you want to write from uh, Samuel Moon. M O O N. It spells awesome. He, he says it's easy for me to be Superman. He's my favorite superhero, specifically the post-Crisis on Infinite Earths version. And in fact, and this makes me feel uber geeky, I wrote a Superman novel a couple of years back for Nano for the National Novel Writing Month. So he said, Superman, if not Superman, he said Batman or Spider-Man. Um, he also said he started reading Ultimate Spider-Man, and he, uh, he loves it. And he wanted to thank us for recommending it. And he says, thanks for the show. You guys rock. Sam Miller Moon. Oh. So do you. You rock too. Um, Sam, I know you wrote me a much longer email. It was like a it was like a novel, and I read the whole thing, but I just couldn't read it all on the show. So I just want to let you know there, buddy. <laughs> um also just as one little thing, someone on Twitter challenged me to sp- pronounce his name. Okay. H <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paz. And um it's spelt H U W and then his last name's Perry, which I'm assuming unless you have some really fancy <laughs> spelling pronunciation for that but the first name i'm assuming is what he wanted me to try and pronounce mm-hmm. and i'm going to go with hugh hmm. I, I, I don't I, know how I, I would think it would have to be maybe it's got a little bit of a y sound after yep. the u maybe you gotta slide a diphthong in there or something i put a lot of thought into this so uh oh. let's hope that i'm right and i think you're wait, right there was there was a quick a really quick question bob <laughs> what how did you manage to become so cool? <laughs> Old age. So awesome. So, so awesome. Just, well, I have a theory. None of you can see this, and Stephanie hasn't been able to see this either, and I'm gonna, I might even embarrass you just a little bit. But when Bob talks, when he goes on one of his rants, he's got the political thumb-knuckle yeah. thing going on, yeah. which yeah. is very much a sign of power. Mm-hmm. And when he speaks, when he goes into his rants, mm-hmm. He commands the room, the whole yeah. room. Everything stops, <laughs> and Bob just goes on. And everybody, I watch. I watch his posture and the hand going all over the place, and I follow it. And it's just that's part of the magic. Thank I honestly you very thought much. you were going to say he has a twinkle in his eyes. <laughs> well, that's always. It's cause, that's because yeah. of the wine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, who wrote that question? I'll have to send him five bucks. <laughs> Caleb Versailles. Versailles. Yeah, that guy. Yes, Caleb. Thank that you guy, very much. Yep. Gracias. And thank you, everybody who sent us questions. That was great. Um, you know, you guys don't have to wait for us to do a show just about you guys to to send in questions. We would like to do this every week, at least for our little section of the show. So on Twitter at Talking Comics, email info at talkingcomicbooks.com, our Facebook, which is facebook.com backslash talking comics. So any of those places you can leave us questions. Um, but time for this week's releases. <gasps> What's on the shelves right now? If you're going to your comic book shop and you want to buy some comic books. Lots of Avengers. There's lots yeah. of Avengers. We're going to get that in a second. Um, it seems like every week from Boom Studios <laughs> that there's a Clive Barker's Hellraiser comic book. It does seem <laughs> and there's once And there's one once again this week. Um, there's also Exile on the Planet of the Apes, number two. There's... <laughs> Listen to this, Bob. You're going to like this. This is. I bet. I, I think this is. I, I somehow I know with this precursor, I'm not going to like it. I think this is definitely much like Robocop Road Trip, my okay. favorite title of the week. <laughs> Rich Johnston's Captain American Idol, number one. Ah, uh, yeah. 
I, I saw in we were in the store last week and saw American Muslim, which was his too. Iron right? Muslim. Iron Muslim. I'm sorry. So that's what this is. There you go. There we go. We'll pass. Mm. From Dark Horse, we have Angel and Faith number nine. We have BPRD Hell on Earth, the Pickens County Horror number two. Say that five. I like the word Pickens. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, So this is interesting. There is like a trade coming out called Classic Marvel Characters, the Fantastic Four number four, the Thing, coming out from Dark Horse. I don't understand that. I'll have to look for that. Goon number thirty nine. We have King Conan, the Phoenix of the Sword number four. We have Mass Effect Homeworlds, number one, another Mass Effect book. We have Star Wars Blood Ties, Boba Fett is Dead, number one of four. <laughs> Yay! These Dark Horse books have very, very long names. Yeah. We have Star Wars Crimson Empire 3, Empire Lost, number six. <laughs> there, you, if you think gonna have, it's going to have to be a double-sized cover. If you think I'm done with the Star Wars books, you're crazy. I have Star Wars Dark Times Out of the Wilderness, number five. And then there's actually a, a trade coming out, but I'm not going to say any more Star Wars names. Um, from DC, we have All-Star Western number eight, yeah. which I believe is part of the Night of the Owls. It is. Um, mm. We have American Vampire number 26. Yes, yes. Aquaman number eight. Yes. Um, we have a trade paperback, a new edition of Batman Nightfall, volume one. Hmm. We have Batman the Dark Knight number eight, yes. which I think is also part of Night of the Owls. It is, but... And I think it's a Red Robin book. Or, well, I don't maybe. think there's any. Maybe. I don't think there's any Batman in it. Maybe we have Blackhawks number eight, which is its final issue. Congratulations to them. There <laughs> we go. We have Flash number eight. Yay! We have Fire 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 of Fur Storm Fury of Firestorm <laughs> number eight. And it's a dry room, by the way, tonight, Steph. There's no Very line dry. here. That's today. why we're having the issue. It's yeah. exactly right. Gears of War number twenty-three. <laughs> Green Lantern New Guardians number eight. I Vampire number eight. Yeah. Justice League Dark number eight. Yeah. The New Dead Wardians number two of eight. Yeah. Savage Hawkman number eight. Spaceman number six of nine. We have Superman number eight. We have Teen Titans number eight, Uncharted number six of six, and Voodoo number eight. Uh, <laughs> there's also the first volume of the new Stormwatch. There's a, the trade paperback. Beautiful artwork from this past for Stormwatch. Right. Um, Dynamite Entertainment, we have Army of Darkness number three. Again. Yeah, it feels like there's one every week, doesn't yeah. it, Bob? Yeah. Too many of those. Yeah, Garth Ennis' Jennifer for Blood number 12. One we of those, have, too. Yep, we have George R.R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones number seven. A lot of initials from this company. It's true. We have Green Hornet number 27, Kirby Genesis number seven. Uh, well, she was doing it. Unfortunately, she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> we have Merciless, The Rise of Ming number one. Very Flash Gordon-y. It's your little Flash. Um, <laughs> it's going to be like stabby. I can do Flash Gordon-y, okay? I want to get in on this. It's true. Ninjets, number three. Stolen from Empowered. I'm going to repeat that. Vampirella, the Red Room, number one. You could try that again. Hot. Vampirella, okay. the Red Room, number I like one. You, I like the way you said it the Vampirella. first. <laughs> uh, Warlord of Mars, number 17. There's one of those every week, too. Yeah, there is. Well, but it's, make up for it's the always movie. something. It's either... Marvel or DC is putting out a John Carter book. They're putting out something called Warlord of Mars. There's a lot of that business going on. Uh, from IDW. What did you say, Stephanie? On Mars. On Mars. Put everything get your, on get Mars. Get your ass to Mars. Yeah. IDW, we have Danger Girl Revolver number four. We have Popeye number one. Yeah. We have... Yeah. I bet he eats some spinach. <laughs> yeah. I am what I am. Snake Eyes number 12. We have Stephen King and Joe Hill's Road Rage number three. We have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number nine, and Transformers Robots in Disguise, 
Number four. No, 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 no. <laughs> we have Image Comics. We have Activity number five. Bloodstrike number 27. Darkness number 102. Little Depressed Boy number 10. Netherworld number five. And Rebel Blood number two. Rebel Blood. I um, want to read a book about depressed boys. That's <laughs> real laugh. I asked somebody the other day if that book was any good, and they go, it's very depressing. <laughs> And then you slapped them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, from Marvel Comics, we have Astonishing X-Men number 49. Yeah. We have AVX versus number one. Yay. Battle Scars number six of six. Captain America number 10. Go Cap. Captain America and Hawkeye number 629. Double good fun. We have Daredevil number 11. <laughs> we have Dark Tower, the Gunslinger, the Waystation number five of five. We have FF number 17. Ooh, the kids are back this week. Oh, yeah? Well, the little ones. Right. I, but I hear that it, the issue is, um, maybe it's this issue, it's Daredevil, not Daredevil, Johnny Storm so, and Spider-Man move in together? They move in together. Okay. That should and be eat, fun. And eat cereal. Yeah, that should be fun. Yeah. Um, Mighty Thor, number 13. We have Moon Knight, number 12. New Avengers, number 25. Secret Avengers, number 26. Okay. Super Crooks, number 2 of 4. 12, number 12 of 12. <laughs> You're making that up. Ultimate Comics, The Ultimates, number nine. Uncanny X-Men, number 11. Yay. Wolverine, number 305. X-Men Legacy, number 265. Don't know that one. Yeah, and that's like the, old, the older, like the original team. People, oh. I, I'm pretty sure. Um, from Thanoscope, we have Grim Fairy Tales presents Alice in Wonderland, number five. Yes. We have Jungle Book, number two. Yes. Myths and Legends, number 15. Grim Fairy Tales, number 72. Yes. So there we go. Two Grim Fairy Tales. Yeah. Oh, well, all of them are Grim Fairy Tales Presents, and that one ah, is just Grim Fairy Tales, gotcha. like the mainline book or whatever. Um, so that is it for our releases this week. Um, I want to thank everybody once again for sending us those questions. That was great. I had a lot of fun. Yes. It was a good time. We'll do this more often. Absolutely. Um, so that's it for Talking Comics for this week. For Steve. See you later. Bob. Sayonara. And Stephanie. Wiggle, 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 yeah. I was totally going to do it, but I, I held myself, but you did it for me. Thank I you. I know. You didn't do it, and I felt the need to. I work out. Yeah. Well, I'm Bobby Shortle. <laughs> I'm sexy, and I know it. So until next time, I'm talking comics. <laughs> to be continued. Continued.